Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. And welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 185. 185! I've never had 185 of anything. Now I have 185 podcast episodes. The Nerdist YouTube channel is launching soon! Please go to youtube.com slash Nerdist, click subscribe, so we can continue to make programming that will be suitable for your brain. Neil Patrick Harris, Rob Zombie, Weird Al Yankovic, me... Allison Hayslip, Alex Albrecht, Awkward Family, uh, tons of stuff that I believe will make your brain happy. So that's all launching April 2nd. All you have to do is click subscribe uh, to support the channel, and we appreciate it. And our side of the bargain is that we will do our best to make stuff that you'll enjoy. I would like to thank Stamps.com, a returning sponsor to the Nerdist Podcast. Let's say you want to start a business in your home because you don't want to buy office space. That is an excellent plan. Stamps.com can can give you a professional-seeming operation. When you mail people stuff, you can print out the exact postage that you need. You can do it from any computer in the world. All you need is a Stamps.com account. You plug it in, you weigh your letter or package on the digital scale that they're going to send you, and that's it. Stamps.com is like having a postal expert right at your desk. There's no guesswork. You don't even have to go to the post office. It is that simple. How many things in life are that simple? There are not many, but Stamps.com makes it easy. And right now, Stamps.com has a special offer for Nerdist listeners. Use the promo code NERDIST. You're going to get a no-risk trial, a $110 bonus offer, including the digital scale I mentioned before, and $55 of free postage. That should last you quite a while, unless you're mailing heavy things. I don't know you, so I don't know what you're going to mail. But still, this is a good way to go about that, so don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the old radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and then type in Nerdist. That is Stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist. Thank you, Stamps.com, for continuing support the Nerdist Podcast. And now, the Nerdist Podcast number 185 with Tom Papa. I think I just sounded more like a radio DJ than I ever have in, in my entire life. And I used to work as a radio DJ. Oh, Nerdist Podcast over 185. And after that, we're going to go out of traffic. Hey, I'll be at Peppers and Irvine giving away keychains this week. 
Side note, I'm not actually going to be at Peppers and Irvine. I, I don't know if there is a Peppers and Irvine, so here's Tom Papa. Now entering Nerdist.com. They had that one commercial where it was... pipe. Tom Papa. Doesn't that look cool? Tom Papa. Chris Hardwick. It works with all our names. Jonah Ray. That's more NBC. Matt Myra. Jonah Ray, proud as a peacock. <laughs> Jonah Ray, Jonah Ray, Jonah Ray. <laughs> Can we please just do this for the rest of the time? It's I not love TV. It. It's Matt Myra. Oh, ooh. you're oh. not TV. No, thankfully. Yeah, but Tom Papa, <laughs> I would be a mess. Tom Papa, you are TV. I am TV. Welcome to the podcast, Tom Papa. What brings an East Coaster like yourself west to our warm California shores? Hollywood. Oh, I don't know that one. Weirdo thinks uh, he's gonna make it out here. Yeah, yeah, Dork I, thinks he's gonna drown. <laughs> I hear there's movies and stuff to be made out here. You don't want it, kid. It's the studio system. Yeah. Shut up if he. He wants it. Let's bring him in. Start Who's sucking. got the opium? I'm just trying to stay within the time. I'm under a 30-year contract with Warner Brothers. This Coca-Cola oh, has cocaine in it. Yeah. It'll keep me going all night. Thanks, Mr. Wannis. It's really great to be here. <laughs> the rabbit thinks she's gold, but she's poison. <laughs> Eddie Valiant. That's wow. my uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah, thank you. But uh, yeah, well, I lived here for like six years. I still have my house here. And, what? Um, yeah. Are you some kind of crazy millionaire with East and West Coast residences? Yes. Do you have a house He's in every state? I'm very successful. <laughs> I thought you knew. I thought that. I knew that you were, but I didn't know you were the, bicoastal the, successful. Thing. That's a whole other stratum. <laughs> Well, uh, to tell you the I truth, I sent you my bank account. That's why you asked me to be on the, the podcast. To tell you the truth, it's unsustainable. And <laughs> I mean, to be on this podcast, we have to run your credit report. <laughs> we have to check with Experian and TransUnion. And yeah. wow. That's why I tried to get in here before uh, the year end because <laughs> yes. if I don't get something going pronto, <laughs> one of those places going down the tube. We want to have you on in the first quarter, but make sure we get you on by the end of the fiscal podcast year. <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> did I say something? I don't know you if said, any of those were words. You can be a winner. No. I um, So yeah, so I'm working on a new show for uh, TBS. Mm -hmm. They were doing a pilot Very for funny. Yes. <laughs> kind of funny. Well, that's their slogan. Sometimes funny. <laughs> that should be it's their slogan. It's someone else's funny, usually, <laughs> right. what you were saying earlier. Yeah. What's your show? Uh, it's called The Naked Truth. And it's a comedy panel show where it's uh, I host it, and there's three comedians, mm -hmm. and the idea is that we expose what's wrong with everything yep. in the media culture, because there's no real journalists now calling people <laughs> out on things, and there's just a flood of internet information and politicians and 
uh, reality TV and all of this stuff. And there's no funnel hmm. to kind of weed out all of the BS. I'm internet culture, and I just like to make harsh assertions on things with little to no information, but am positive that I'm right. <laughs> and tell, and and be, I love to be indignant. I think that just makes me feel better about myself that with an anonymous. Yeah. He's the internet. Yeah. If you can be anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. If but I don't, exactly. But I don't want anyone to know who I am. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm going to attack from behind this right. shield. I'm going to have, it's a turret, you see. I'm going to fire from my digital internet turret. Right. And for uh, me, if I want to feel angry, I'll go to Huffington Post. And if I want to feel very angry, I go to Drudge Report. It's right. really where I go right. to to, you know, see how I want to feel and who's just, telling me. It makes yeah. you feel alive. Yeah, 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 it reminds yeah. you that uh, reminds you you're alive. It's more of a what, and then click over to Drudge. What? Uh, <laughs> but I figured that comedians are the real truth seekers, and so to take everything, all that stuff, it's almost I wanted to kind of replicate the experience of when you go on the internet and you flip it open. And it's like first you hit the big news, and then you're distracted by this video, and then you get into some crummy entertainment news, and we just decipher it all and the comedians are the little voice in your head kind of analyzing it and making fun of it that has the show premiered yet no what i'm just out here getting it rolling we're starting to uh we have the pilot in march so it'll be on next week it'll be on next week is that how that works yeah i don't know how television <laughs> works so, so th yeah is, that's is, why i'm that's what i'm uh is, are you shooting the pilot or is the show picked up i'm shooting a pilot okay shooting a pilot and uh can our audience go to vote somewhere on that to make sure that that happens mm, sure Go to TBS. Yeah, go to TBS and say we. Love I hope. Tom I Papa. hope your show gets picked up. I. I it um, would be great. I was always. Uh, I was. I was certainly. I've certainly been aware. I mean, like now. Now you and I know each other. Yeah. But I mean, it, like back into the '90s, I certainly was aware of you. And then our mutual friend Jen Justin, right, who was in House of a Thousand Corpses, said, right, and this was in like 2000, 2001. Oh, you've got to see my friend Tom Papa. He's a comedian. He's great. Right. And you know, I was like, oh my god, Tom. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you know, and then our worlds just sort of. Yeah, uh, we kept. Bumping into each Bumping other. Bumping into each other. And then Rob Zombie directed your your hour special. Yeah, my stand-up special. Which is awesome. Yeah, which was really great. It was we were trying to do it for a couple years and I was really patient about it. Like I hadn't released anything in like five years, six years. But when I was coming up, like the guys who had comedy albums were real big stars. And just because the technology was out there, I wasn't like, I don't think I should crank out <laughs> like my own <laughs> album just because I can do it off of my Phone, so I was just really patient with it. So anyway, like two years ago, I was thinking about doing it. Rob was going to do it. You know, we were working on Super Bisto at the mm -hmm. time. Yep. And uh, and then it kind of fell apart, and I went and did some other TV stuff, and he went and did a film. And then I literally went to go interview him for the radio show that I do on XM. And uh, he said, whatever happened to that special? I said, well, I'm doing it in two weeks. And he said, who's directing it? I said, nobody right now, but I can't wait any longer. I'm just going to do it. And he just took out his book, you know how Rob works. He just took out his book. He's like, I I'm totally free. I'll do it. I'll come down to New York. Let's do it. I was like, all right, cool. And it was the same vision that we had for it two years ago. We I want it to look like a film, like a really like classic kind of like the old films. like yeah concert yeah like I feel like the TV like the Comedy Central specials. They all start to look alike. They look like they're made for TV. Mm -hmm. And I wanted this to look like a film and. And I, Rob really, he pulled it off. He made it really look cool. And you feel like you got the special that you wanted? Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it really was, it was lit really cool. If I could have had 
different jokes. It might have been better, but <laughs> the lighting was amazing. Let's talk about that for a minute, and please forgive me for making it about myself, but I am a narcissistic comedian, but I'm about to shoot my first hour special in a couple of weeks, Aha. and I'm freaking out about it a little bit. Right. Oh, and, but Because you've already been through this before. You've done a couple specials. Yeah. And so I, I just, how did you feel leading up to yours first one? Um, For all of them, I feel uh, kind of anxious, but also I kind of, pregnant with the material in a way it's like okay it's time for this to go out you okay know? i wasn't like scrambling like to try and fill it in a way it's hard because oh that's an I, interesting approach i feel <laughs> God damn it. i feel like i feel like uh this always happens if i have in my head that i have to do an hour and i'm out on the road i'll just i will hit like 59 minutes or i'll hit like exactly 60 minutes in one second i just have that thing where i always just it's like th saying i'm gonna do 20 push-ups and you'll do 20 push-ups and the last one's like oh 20 but if yeah. you said to yourself i'm gonna do 25 push-ups that 25th one becomes what that 20 yeah, it's was. like it's yeah. like your brain gives you the exact amount of yeah. energy that you need exactly and so the thing with the specials was the the danger with waiting too long is that material always falls off the set, it mm -hmm. falls off the tree. You know, you're always I'm always at an hour. It's like, well, I've been doing this for four years since my last thing. Why is it still at an hour? Why is it not because four hours? All their stuff is falling off as you're writing the new stuff. So it's always in this constant state of being in that space. But anyway, back to your original question. I think you know you're nervous, but you just I also feel like you know I just got to get it out there. So let me just go. I know I can do it. I know it's going to be funny. Just put it out and try not to judge it. Did you feel any sort of a? Did you feel any sort of a tug between? I mean, it sounds like you yours was pretty ready to go when you when you when you did your special. But uh, did you feel any sort of a tug between? Um, this has to be perfect and just st stop being precious about it and just yeah, fucking do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there's actually a couple things in the that are on the album that weren't on that wasn't on Comedy Central that were completely improvised that night like that i just put out there oh great and i think that that was a smart thing to do like one was a totally improvised and one was kind of a written new joke that wasn't ready for the special but i put it in anyway mm -hmm. and i that was kind of the screwing around part that kept all the really prepared stuff alive i think it makes it changes the set yeah. if you could have even if like a couple minutes of something that's happening in the moment yeah it really helps but you've been, I mean, you've been tour. you've toured with Seinfeld a lot. Mm -hmm. And so when you're on the road with Seinfeld, you better be polished, <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't really, and especially in theaters, you can't really f screw around with the audience because then it's just no. too big of an environment. No, so, no, no. but you, so you're, you're pretty used to being like, all right, this is it. Let's be polished and focused. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But there was this thing I did that's on the album where I said that I stopped the set and I said something like, this is really fun. This is a lot more fun than uh, than going to the opera. I had just been to the opera, and uh, I said singing's just weird anyway. Like, who was the first person to be like, "Watch this sound come out of my face"? <laughs> and then I just started singing on stage. I started, oh! and it just started like really, and the crowd was responding, so I kept going with it. And like, you could do that kind of thing. I didn't need the audience, you know. I didn't need to play right. around with them, but I could play. Yeah. Stage, so was that know. the new thing, or was that the thing you just ended up riffing on? That was the thing I ended up riffing on. That's great. It sounded it like it yeah. flowed in completely. Yeah, yeah it was totally. Yeah. And you know that's happened every time I re have recorded, like when I did the half hour specials. There's always something that shouldn't be on there that ends up on there, and then I'll 
I'll even forget about it. I'll never do it again. Yeah. And and I'm not one of those guys. It's like every set is different. I am pretty polished, but there are those little things that pop up, and I think they're just you got to have fun with it. It's a special yeah. night, so just let it go. And yeah. even if it's uh, even if it's just the thing that gets cut out of the album or the special, it, yeah. I think it's for those people there. They'll feel just like a, it'll kind of it brings the room into the like yeah. the very now moment of it, Absolutely. where it's like it's like that was for us. Yeah, yeah. who knows if that'll make it? Or but that if was it, just a thing. Or if it serves no other function, it keeps you. Sp- feeling this sounds gross keeps you feeling fresh it does um uh keeps you feeling fresh uh, and uh, just the presentation of your material is a little more alive because now you've now all of a sudden you've come out of your comfort zone in front of you know 500 a thousand people and you all of a sudden you know the adrenaline kicks in and that that changes things what did you learn what was you must have learned a shitload from touring with jerry i mean like i'm sure you know the first handful of times you're like i'm gonna watch every one of his sets and then after a while it's like okay i've seen it i can probably go back to the hotel now and rest but like what what did what did you learn from him i it's you know it's amazing because i don't go out as often with him but we do still go out once in a while and uh you know and I always tell people now we go out. It's like our golf weekend. It's like just to go out and hang, you know. But I'm still learning from him. It's insane. This, I mean, he's golf so, or stand up, uh, <laughs> golf. <laughs> and he's just so. I can't tell you. Every time I'm around the guy, I'm picking up something else. It's crazy. He's just so. He's he's not. He never stops growing, which is so insane. I mean, he started it when he was 21 years old. He's like 50. Seven now or something. Yeah. Oh wow! Jeez. And he's just been, and he's not one of these guys that just gets his set and just kind of goes. He works his ass off and is constantly discovering and constantly. He'll call me after gigs, and be like, "I, th- this was awful. I went down in flames tonight at this corporate gig," and start explaining like this set and where you think it went wrong. And I mean, he never stops. Wow. I mean, so he's in, so if that's you think refreshing and that, upsetting at the same time. You're like, yeah. I'm never gonna get better. I know yeah. exactly. It's it's definitely it's definitely disheartening in one level because it's comforting because you're like, okay, so I'm not that bad if I'm awful. <laughs> right. He has his days of being awful. Sure. But then it also becomes unattainable. Like, well, I guess this is never, I'll never no feel satisfied. Line. Right. I'll never just like being in the depths of Tartarus and having like the, <laughs> yeah. the refreshing water just out of reach. Like, oh, it's all, yeah, every time I'm so close. You'll never ever get it. Why are you punishing me, brain? But I think the, 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 I don't know. I mean, the biggest thing is just being a professional and really working at it. And I think that, and, and that could be said from Carlin, Chris Rock. It's just, you know, these guys work. They yeah. don't, it doesn't just happen. These guys really work really, really hard. Oh, you really, I mean, it's so funny. You can, or at least I, you know, you can think you work hard as a comedian. Uh-huh. And then you're around someone who really does. And you're like, <laughs> you're like I, I uh, years ago, I remember um, uh, like hosting or opening and, and Louis CK was on, Louis was on the show and we were dry. We carpooled to the venue and uh, he said, um, I was playing music and he goes, yeah, you know, Chris Rock always taught me like never don't listen to music on the way to the gig because uh-huh. that's when you need to be like buttoning yeah. up your yeah. set. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even, <laughs> wow, I'm yeah. dumb. <laughs> I didn't even think about it till I fucking got up on stage. Yeah. I, heard, I heard him say that once at a show. Like He's just like, I don't listen to music before I go mm-hmm. on. But like for me, it's like I kind of want to get into a place. Like music will help me kind of get into get a mood. Up. Yeah. It's like on a way to a show recently, my friend just put on some like Bell and Sebastian. I was like, Put on some fucking rock and roll real quick, just <laughs> right. so I can. Would you listen to uh, Maniac yeah. from the? Uh, uh, it's a maniac. Do you listen to that? <laughs> like kind of get floor. a. Yeah. 
No, but but I mean, but but Chris Rock said that to Louis, Louis and Louis said it to you, and you say it to us, and there is that thing of, it's not that you're stupid, it's that there's only a handful of people that can give tips on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, a, you know, and Seinfeld was learning from Bill Cosby, and Cosby was learning from. Will Rogers and Will Rogers was learning from Isaac Newton and then Aristotle and Aristotle and, Aristotle was and then there. the guy who was like Whoa! <laughs> was learning, was how to do the voice. But do you feel like everyone? I feel you know what the reason that I love to dig apart comedy and people's processes on the yeah. show so much is because I mean there certainly are a handful of maxims that feel like they're true but ultimately mm. everyone's process is a little bit different to get to the same place. Yeah, absolutely. It's really true. I mean, there's definitely... Write every day. Don't write every day. Riff right. on stage. Don't riff on stage. Yeah, yeah. Write stuff in your notebook. Never hold a pen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write with your Who face. What? Yeah. Who says never hold a pen? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like, there's guys that say they never write their stuff yeah, down. Yeah. I'll Ugh. find it on stage. Yeah. 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 Or they wow. have the idea, and then they just bring it up. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is really kind of interesting. And, you know, I've been trying not to be so... I mean, being around Jerry, you kind of feel like, well, I should just do what he does because he's been so successful. But then you've got to free up and be yourself. And I'm trying not... It, you almost become superstitious about how you work in a way. Yeah. It's like, well, I only write out of this notebook or I only work out of this laptop. And then it's like, no, be free with it. You know, it's still supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be enjoying this. This is... We're making jokes. This is supposed to be a good time. It still <laughs> seems fun to you. How long have you been doing yeah. Santa now? Uh, I started in 93. Okay. So that makes almost it. twenty years. Yeah, yeah, nineteen. Na, 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 19. Yeah, nineteen. June World War II 12, with the combat 19, age. June twelfth, nineteen ninety three, and it's fun. It should be fun, you know. It shouldn't be such. Shouldn't be like scowling and I gotta get these jokes right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jokes! Oh, comedy! Oh, damn it! Why? Oh, I'm gonna punch you. But you're good at uh, I I re I really do the you know the more I do this and the older I get the the, the greater respect I have for clean <laughs> comics uh -huh. people who can really make who can really make comedy out of and I don't know if I'll ever be that guy yeah but just who can make comedy out of you know just clean mm -hmm. situations I mean I guess it's stylistically it, it's just some people are good at it and some people are not and you know but yeah. I always respect that you can do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know it's funny I I have this joke in my head that I'm doing now and it's not even dirty but it's I it's talking about stress and like the world is the world is uh whether the world is doing great or it's falling apart as a human being you always have stress and it doesn't matter what's happening so you have to do whatever cuts the edge off and I don't think there's anything wrong with that some people like to drink some people like to talk uh, tickle strangers in public <laughs> I said what I like to do and I know it sounds weird I like to put my balls on a marble countertop <laughs> just something about standing up and not having to carry them for a brief moment <laughs> and that dark cold marble is so refreshing and that's like as dirty as I get yeah and it feels like oh I'm being racist yeah. <laughs> and but you know what I mean it's like there's a fun freedom to just not caring about being clean for sure but I think it has to just come from how you are. Are you sure you don't want to open with 15 minutes of cum jokes? Or <laughs> just to like take a nice, just a surprise 
the industry. Yeah, just to kind of shock everybody. Or just in the middle of a set, just go, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then move on from it. My God, oh, you see, did you see what Tom Papa that? hosting the AVN? Seems yeah, fucking yeah. crazy. Crazy. I had this moment at the, at the Laugh Factory where... I'd, you know, I'd worked all morning on what I was going to do that night, and you're waiting all day to try out this material and try it out, and it's like a, you know, one of those light nights, you know, like a Tuesday night or whatever. And I go up on stage, and this girl, this beautiful girl, in the front row, as soon as I get up there, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And she goes, just so I could hear it, you're an asshole. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus like Christ. This. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, you're an asshole. What the fuck? And I was like, I don't even know you. And she was just this entitled, beautiful girl who was just like, Ugh. I can say whatever I want. And I was so angry. And I tried to go into my material. And then it wasn't happening. And then I started resenting her. And she said something else. And I just snapped. And I go, you entitled, dumb twat. That's <laughs> <laughs> with the laugh factory. And, and I started, right, the yeah, laugh factory. Yeah. Well, you're lucky out. no one had that on a yeah, cell phone yeah. camera. I know. And I started saying twat. With such venom, and it just—it was just like like a rubber band. Oh it was just God. twat. Yeah, and it just kept, and hammered her and went off, and the crowd was into it, and she was got humiliated, and I walked off and did my set, and then got out of there, and I came upstairs, and the comics were like. That's the funniest we ever saw you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was so angry and sweating and miserable and mad at myself for even going there. And they're like, that was the best we've ever seen. Isn't that yeah. funny, though, how upsetting it can be? It's the same, it's the same reason that... Um, uh, it's the same reason that Bill Hicks, that there's that famous internet clip where he spins out of control. Montreal, yeah. right? It's not because he's being heckled. It's because right. of the dismissive... Just kind of like right away, like you suck or yeah. you're an asshole. It's like that's all you're gonna. Right. I haven't even done anything yet. Right. Exactly. This is just an ugly person, and you just feel like you cannot let them get away with that, no. and feel like that the way that they're living is okay. Oh, it's the worst. Right. And she was so, you, you know, and you just you're like, oh, I've seen you, I've met you, I know you, I went to school with you, I know what this is, and no, 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 no. Well, especially <laughs> you. Like there are certainly comic. I mean, like I feel like. I would totally get that on stage. Someone's like, "You're an asshole." I'd be like, "Yeah, I was, you know, sure. I, I probably was aggressive <laughs> yeah. in some of my material." But your, like, your, your material is so friendly and so it like, "Hey, everyone!" You're a human it smile. Even, it wasn't even, it wasn't even material. It was just, "Hey, you're an asshole." <laughs> how are you tonight? But that's my favorite bit of you're yours: the "Hey, how are you tonight?" <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Oh um, man, it was really, really awful. But leave it up to a, you know, a bunch of comics in the back of a room to be like, it's like, yeah, the way you got yeah. really fucked up on that. Girl was awesome. Right, they're just yeah. like that's the best you have ever been, and I'm driving home like shaking. But isn't it isn't it, isn't it funny now that in, that that in to how long ago was that? That was like four or five years ago. Okay, so if you did that today at the Laugh Factory, someone would catch that with a you yeah. know with their cell phone, uh-huh. put it online, and it could completely yeah not it yeah. wouldn't change it wouldn't necessarily change the course no. of your career, but it would definitely be like. If people didn't respond well to it, it would be a dip in the road. It would be a dip in the road, or but with other. Audiences, it would be a bump in the road. It right, would, it would just, raise yeah. you up. Like Bill Burr, you know, oh, Bill Burr Philly? takes down that Philly crowd. Yeah, like, that was yeah, a bump yeah. for Bill because that. Yeah, it like, doesn't. You, I think the only problem you have with people trying to capture something and going after you is if you are getting a paycheck from somebody. Tracy yeah. Morgan does not apologize and go to the, unless he wants those checks to come from NBC. If you're an unfettered comedian and you can and you're just doing your thing, go ahead, record it, come after me, do whatever you want. I don't have to apologize for what I'm doing up here and how I'm working. It's only when you're 
being paid by somebody yeah. right. that you've got to, or you, it's at least in your decision process. I've been really kind of wrestling with this idea lately that um, Joan and I were talking about this on the phone before that, uh, you know, the more, the, the more it's, it's a weird luxury problem, but the more mm -hmm. people are aware of you mm -hmm. just by virtue of the numbers of people, yeah. some, almost everything you say is going to offend one person somewhere because it, yeah. because I feel like, you know, comedy is, if, if you really stripped out the comedy elements of it, mm -hmm. it's all horrible things that we're saying because right. that's how we deal with, that's just how we deal with horrible things. Yes, yeah, things that enrage you, really. And, yeah. and or, or things that are awful that you're trying to get, gain power over or, uh -huh. get, or, get, or get a hold on. And so, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with the audience because they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be laughing at someone else's misfortune in a bit. But then, uh, like, if it gets anywhere near them, they're like, hey. Like, I, guys, yeah. come on! Right. You, you know, you'd be yeah. offended by everything or nothing. I know, but it's it's very difficult, and I think it's we're in a time when it's so difficult because on a one-on-one, -on -one, you used to just see the audience as a big mass, and then you moved on. And you never saw that audience again. Right. But now they can contact you and tweet to you and direct message you, and you now have to deal with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And you're right. I mean, I've done shows in a theater, and then. One guy will email email me. I had this joke about twins, how with all this in vitro cloning going on, we have all of these creepy twins out now. And and I said, they're not like normal twins, which are creepy enough. These are like shifty and paranoid because they know they're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Some guy sent me a thing like, all right, my daughter, my beautiful daughter was born in vitro. And if it wasn't for that process, she never would have been. And, and, and he's just like pouring oh, his heart. God. And it really kind of hit me like, I felt bad for a second. I was like, dude, it's just a joke. And But what other generation had to deal with that? Yeah, There were always people thinking it. There were always people in the audience that had took umbrage with something that you said. Sure. But they couldn't call you up yeah. and say, excuse me. But I, and, and then, yeah. And what? Then, uh, <laughs> excuse me. I've just uh, I've tracked you down to tell you that I... Did <laughs> yeah. you, did, you still do the joke, though, right? Of course. I mean, it's, it's a very slippery slope because once you start writing from a place of, oh, I don't want to offend that person. Oh, I don't uh -huh. want to offend that person. I don't want to offend that person. Then you you get scared and your material becomes bland. You yeah, lose your edge, yeah. and then it's yeah. like then you're not and then you're not saying anything anymore. No. Exactly. There's some obvious ones that you shouldn't say. Yeah. But 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 the but the sort of like everyone's getting really territorial about like nope that offends me. You're right. Like, well, yeah, but that offends a, them. What about yeah, you know right. the hundred other people around them who were laughing their asses off? And right. That's the, yeah, right, that's the right, people right. you should be concerned yeah. with. The person who's not going to like you is going to have their own reasons and not, you know, like they're just not going to like you. Who cares? Yeah. You're not like you're not trying to win everybody over. Right. You're just trying to make the people laugh. And I feel right. like I, you know, I, f I mean, it's not like I feel like I'm a super offensive comic no. that's trying to challenge the system. Right. But still, you know, <laughs> but like still you're uh, honest. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, yeah. you joke about horrible things because, you know, you because <laughs> right. horrible. You know, because horrible things terrify me, and it's like that's what I need to express. I need to feel like I have some power over the horrible things, so course. I have to joke at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, just like you know, course. no one, no one makes like when a band gets together and starts playing songs. I think I've mentioned this before. They're not going, oh man, I hope everybody likes this song I'm about to make. They're hoping a lot of people do so they can make yeah. a living off of making music, but they're not like looking to like go into, you know, <laughs> Indonesia and go, why don't you like this punk song I wrote? <laughs> right. You know, because yeah. you, you're just going to find the people that like it and you're going to embrace them. They're going to embrace you and you shouldn't have to worry about it. I have a natural thing where I want everybody to like me. Yeah. 
where I really have always been that way. Me like, too. I've always really tried it's to. all like, of us, one, I think. <laughs> was yeah. that? That's the room. Yeah. 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 That's all like of us. us. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like, I've been, yeah. And that's and I remember it George, so challenging. I remember George Carlin saying something like, if you get 30% of the audience to laugh at a joke, that's a very high percentage. <laughs> and then I, and you know, I would stroll out into the theater with, you know, 3,000 people watching Seinfeld. And you just walk out there, and he's killing. But then you look at the faces, and it's like there's groups of people that aren't laughing. Yeah, they're that's all really interesting. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting. Well, you, think think of it this way: when you were in high school, like, uh, and you, did you want everyone in high school to like you? Most of the people in my high school were pieces of shit. I but I like <laughs> making I my friends like laugh, me. and right. those were the guys I hung out with. Right. And so that made me feel good. I, I wanted everyone want, to like me. I, I was tried a, to everybody. I, I was really? bad, and I was good at it. Oh, I was, I was bad at it. You were bad at it. I tried to be the class clown, and uh -huh. I was just like a fucking, just a clown. <laughs> oh, just really? Yeah. You, you were good at it. Too. You were good at it too. Yeah, I had, I had like the guys. They were getting high in, in, in shop, and I had like the, the cheerleaders, rich girls. I had them all. I remember in seventh, <laughs> in seventh grade uh, at recess, they, they would hang out in groups. Like the Puerto Rican kids would hang out in one group. The Cambodian kids would hang out in another group. The cooler guys, whatever. It's like every high school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you went to school. But anyway, it was recess. It was like seventh grade. And I said to my friends, like, watch this. I'm going to go make each of these groups laugh. Really? And I did at recess. Yeah. I went into each group. <laughs> and I fucking was like hanging out. Yeah. What'd you say? Like, yeah. dip my balls yeah. in it. The state. The and state. That was, and, that was, yeah. and that was a weird thing that I still remember. I think we have yeah. this idea, as you know, and maybe, I mean, I'm sure it's not just comedians. Because, you know, I, most people have that thing where they want other people to like them. Sure. But, yeah. but, but just to, to your point, um, you know, you kind of get this idea in your head of like, it's pass or fail, like zero or a hundred percent. Right. And then you start to realize, and then, you know, at a certain point you kind of go, well, it doesn't really have to be a hundred percent, I guess. I mean, right. I, 30 I, is, is a much lower number than I would have guessed. Yeah. But I, you know, I would yeah. say like, eh, 60 or 70, you're doing all right. <laughs> I know. I'm fine with going for the bronze. I'm yeah. fine with that. <laughs> but it's sort of like batting averages. It's like, it's, you know, you're not going to hit every time. Right. You know, if you yeah. still, if you hit a, Decent number of times. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's about 30% is super successful. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine saying to me, just not even performing-wise, just socially, some guys or some girl, I forget, had a problem with me for something, and, and it really bugged me. And my friend was like, dude, not everyone's going to like you. And I, that was news to me. <laughs> I was like, I know, I can crack anybody, can I? <laughs> no. Watch me. Yeah, wow. but you have a naturally you can't. very pleasant demeanor, and your your face is kind of, you're almost always smiling. Uh -huh. And I'm almost always scowling. Like, I'm one of those people that when I walk down the street, it's like like a homeless guy, I'll be like, hey, cheer up, brother. Like, Don't tell me. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, right. I, this is just how I look. <laughs> it's just my face. My it's mouth my turns face. down normally. <laughs> and I don't appreciate it, you making fun of me. Uh, I have a hard time smiling for pictures, though. I always feel like my face is being forced into a smile. <laughs> I'm like, I think I have... Kind of a smiley demeanor, but it's not a real smile. Like when I <laughs> smile, it turns into like the Joker. Oh, Tommy, Tom, Tom, please stop. Um, can stop you not it. look like He's a maniac for just one children, moment? Tom. Why so serious, yeah. Tom? What's wrong with you, fella? Cheer up, Charlie. <laughs> Forget about the demons for a second while I take the picture. How much of your material, like, do you do you feel? Do you feel like there's stuff that, how much of it is just like, ah, it's just comedy, I'm just fucking around, or, like, it sounds like there's stuff that you really kind of want to pull out and express. No, there, I, I think it's it's mostly that. I've actually, and I've, I've kind of always been that way, where I, I start with, like, a dark feeling or a dark thing and lighten it up. 
you know, I it's uh, yeah, it's all angst and it's all stuff I'm really kind of feeling. I've actually been thinking lately of I need to get some fun bits. Like I need to lighten. I need something silly. Like I loved watching Carlin, like talk about like all this crazy stuff and then he'll just be like you ever see a crab walk like this and he just walk across <laughs> the stage and it's like I want more of those funny moments I've been almost a little too too into like you know like I've been talking about like recession or death or you know age and I'm just like you know lighten up a little bit have some fun so now yeah. that your special's out yeah and you're gonna when you go back on the road I'm uh, like a month ago oh you're so you're back on okay yeah, I'm so back out. How how are you already workshopping? You must be already yeah, I, writing. I shot the special. It just aired, but I shot it last April, end of oh, April. Oh, okay, so you had tons so of time. So I've been to... out there, yeah. Well, that's I, nice. So when people come to see you, you just have a whole bunch of new stuff yeah, ready to go. Yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, like I just did the Wilbur Theater in Boston. Oh, we're Saturday. going there in, Mar- in May. May 4th. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a great. God, it's a great place. It's, it's such a great comedy town. Yeah. And, and so I, there were people that had just seen my special because it just came out. And... They saw me afterwards, and they said, we didn't even think about it. Like We were like, oh, what if it's this, just the special that he's going to do? And they're like, but it was so much new material. We were so you know, happy. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, that's how good I am. And little did they know, <laughs> I'd shot it almost a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I realized that, too. So I just wrote a bunch of new stuff today. <laughs> yeah. You were very kind. I, uh, there was a you, – you and I had, a, had similar bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a I, I had a bit about old sperm and young right. sperm and and uh, I think yeah and I had old sperm kids you had yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and I had, you had never seen mine and had never seen yours it's yeah. just it's just like one of those things and but it's always a weird moment when you go all right so you, yours aired on your special <laughs> but I feel like I don't. I feel like I should probably at least call. I'm like, I should at least call Tom. Yeah. But then you feel like an asshole because then I sort of feel like he doesn't care. But then right. I'm just gonna be. And then it, it sounds like I'm making a thing out of it. And yeah, yeah. There are certainly it, some comics who say it almost like what they're really saying is, "So you better stop doing yours." Yeah. You know. But and, yeah, I think with all those things, with all those issues of material, you always consider the source. You know. And you calling me and being like, "Hey, I have this old sperm joke." It's like as soon as you said. That's why you were calling. Was like, just do it. <laughs> it's just like, no, there's no chance in hell that you saw me do it or heard of me do it or I mean, there's none of that. So it was just like, just do it. We should. I, I'm not. I don't corner the market on old sperm. <laughs> no, but don't. But don't you feel like not little, yet? <laughs> yeah. Tom Papa's old sperm cakes. <laughs> He's cornered the market on old sperm. Old sperm, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> They're chromosomelicious. And try moxie. <laughs> but no, I, whenever I do ask other people about it, it is like this weird, it's this thing of like, I didn't take this dollar from you. Right. <laughs> you know I, mean? oh, why I you bring have it a up? dollar too. It is like, a, it's, it, there is a little uncomfortable, but I really think it all comes down to that, like consider the source. Like the problem with doing my special uh, a year earlier was I did this joke about uh, my, uh, my face. Mm-hmm. It was the... My mother's old and confused. Yeah. She calls it my face. And that came off of, it wasn't actually my mother. It was uh, my wife's friend, Susan's mother. And she just dropped it to me. And this was like two years ago that she said that this my face and we were all at dinner and I went out that night and I made it into a joke and it stuck and it kills. But since that time, it's been on the league. The league did a thing. Like I didn't see the 
the episode, but I saw just a commercial for it, and they, someone said my face, and then you know other comics I'm sure have said my face since oh. that point. But it was just it was already like a dated reference by the time it came out. But when I wrote it, it was original. It was really from my life. But you know you can't do anything about that. There's the, some there is the zeitgeist. There's something going yeah. that we all kind of gravitate and start doing certain things. It's at the same almost time. like there's this weird like in the in the low like. In the ionosphere, yeah. there's this weird sort of like chatter sphere. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and stuff just gets in your head. Yeah, it gets in this. It gets in the social consciousness head, and yeah. it is shocking how things that you think can be so specific you see appear somewhere else in another town yeah. from another guy. Yeah, and I mean we're all we're all listening and digesting all this information all the yeah. time. And now because of the internet, it's like kind of level yeah. the playing field of stuff everyone can access. Yeah. There was a, there was a bit I had uh, about sports and I, uh, I went to New York and saw this really funny comic, uh, Max Silvestri. Mm -hmm. And uh, he pretty much had the same bit. Yeah. And it was all just about trying, you know, talking about sports, and not knowing anything. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, I hope your, t your favorite team wins the match and mm -hmm. I get, they get all the points necessary to get to the big game, you know, <laughs> right. and they're color coordinated, you know, is pleasing <laughs> to your eye. Just all this kind of stuff where you're just saying everything about sports, but nothing really about sports. Yeah. And he had like a, like almost the exact same thing wow. and it rolled and it just kind of meandered the same way. And yeah. I was just, uh, but I had, I, I had seen him do it uh -huh. and he had never seen me do it. Right. And so I was like, well, I saw him do it first. In the scheme of things, so yeah. I'll I'll back up. Right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. want because you want to be you don't want to be too precious about jokes, and you also feel like well, if someone gets it on TV first, it's sort of like their yeah. joke, you know. And yeah. I thought he had done it better too. Like mine, mine really had no end. He had a punch at the end. I uh -huh. was like, well, that's better than I could have done it. Right. So, you know. Well, did you? Let him did, have you it. did you? Did yeah. you? Kind he kind of looks like me too. Did you develop in New York? <laughs> it's funny. Was that? Was that? Yeah. Where you yeah. Developed? My first place was in New York, and I yeah, it all came from New York. Yeah, and I, I was just I was saying off air that I. I have a hard time uh, with L.A. just because it just fits my rhythm. It fits my nature, the city. I'm so much more prolific when I'm in New York. I think, I don't know what, I think it's just because that's where I started and where I came from. And I'm trying to free it up and be a little more open. Like, you know, Bill Burr and Daniel Tosh, they, they you know, and yourself, it's all guys that have migrated to the West Coast and still crank out a lot of material. But I go at a slower rate when I'm out here for some reason. It's the weather, man. Nah, I've well. been, I mean, I, I, I appreciate, I, I, I think you were being kind by throwing me in the group with those guys, but I, I feel like I hadn't really written a lot of new stuff for a while just because of like trying to get all the nerdist stuff going uh -huh. and it 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 took away a lot of my going on the road and writing and touring and, and uh -huh. writing energy and it wasn't until finding out in December that I was supposed that I'm shooting the special in February uh -huh. like Oh my God! I really need to pull together like twenty-five oh, really? minutes of new stuff that, I, and just get rid of a bunch of old stuff. That's funny because every time I see you, it seems like there's new stuff. Maybe oh, it's because they're sweet. short sets. That's probably what it is. <laughs> that, that's probably what it is. No, but but the exciting thing about finally is doing this special is you know like everything that that dates back a couple years. I yeah. can finally just. Just yeah, like it's just it gone, and I can start over. Yeah, and it's been really fun. The process has been really fun. It's great. And where are you doing it? In New York. In New York. Yeah. Which Skirball? The Skirball. Yeah. Yeah, wow, it's beautiful. Really nice theater. Where'd you do yours? I did my Union Square Theater. Oh, nice. Which is uh, in Union Square. What? It's like an old. I wanted to feel like, like the paint was coming off a little bit. Nice. You know, even you know, those older kind of, kind of things. 
Did you did you do it independently and sell it to Comedy Central? Did they produce? I started independently, and then as we were going through the process, they picked it up. They did. Okay. Yeah. When you and Rob were talking about the look and feel of it, did, like, did you guys talk cameras or what kind of like uh, stuff he was equipment he was going to use? Or yeah, you? a little bit. You know, it, I was talking. I don't understand all of that, so I was talking more of how I wanted it. Like, I didn't want the like, audience lit. I wanted things to be a little grainy. I wanted things yeah. to be uh, colorful, but I wanted the focus to be just on me. Like, because when you go to a comedy show, you don't. It's you looking at the act. You don't like when yeah. when you laugh. You don't turn to the side and see the three people next to you and see what they're doing. <laughs> it's so why would you shoot that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reaction shots are always kind of odd. I felt in yeah. com- comedy specials. Yeah, it's always just and there's always points. one out yeah. of the three that's not laughing too. It's I, like, yeah. I never understood that either. I've, yeah. I've, I always like. Yeah. I, uh, Even uh, if you have to fucking fake it, get the audience yeah. to laugh before that you shoot it. I know. Yeah. Just cut away for a second to like yeah. you. We have the ability to fake that. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Uh, on like on my episode of Live at Gotham, they uh, did a cutaway to some guy cracking up like crazy, <laughs> and I was just like, "There's no way he was, was laughing that hard to what I just said." <laughs> right. I know how good that is. It's not that good because this guy was like, "Yeah, like clap." Yeah. And it's just like, a guy nah. in the edit room going, "Give me a laugh on that." Yeah, yeah. And Find I, someone from another one. episode. Yeah. <laughs> did you edit the special? Or did Rob edit it? I did. I edited it with uh, with this girl, and then um, and then Rob took a look at it, and but he was already making his next movie. So <laughs> <laughs> that guy's work ethic is ridiculous. I know, I know. He's he's one of those guys where you feel a little more depressed about yourself. I'm depressed was, thinking about it, and I don't even. Don't well, even know it's what amazing. He, He'll, he has like, this schedule where it's like: write a movie, shoot a movie, edit a movie, write an album, record an album, tour, and then back to write a movie, shoot a movie. Like, yeah, that's, but that's, then that's, breaking is, down even just to the day, like what it takes to on the daily basis. He's up at like 5 a.m. Working out, starting to write before anyone wakes up. Oh, God, he, he loves to write before anyone wakes up. He's like, it's quiet. Yeah, no one bothers me. I guess if we were writing spooky jokes, that would be the time for us to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, Daylight kills my process. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start my career all over and just be a spooky joke comedian. <laughs> there hasn't been one, has there? I don't know. Like a dark, I, scary. You know, comedy. yeah. Like I gotta if, tell if Glenn you. Danzig did co- like stand-up comedy. I have so I. I, I just don't this isn't anything that I would ever do, but uh-huh. lately I have so had this weird urge to dress up like a f- like a Camelot wizard <laughs> and go on stage and just tell wizard jokes. Like I want to do that so do it. bad. Yeah. But it's but it's there's no I mean it would just be a weird detour that you know, like maybe that's something I could do at Meltdown one night. But well, so yeah. that's just something you could uh, you could you know get a ten minutes of jokes and then do yeah, it at like Comic Con in front of a crowd that's going to go ape shit. And then just a it's a video yeah. online. That's and a funny one of our video. Podcast. You go up in between me and Jonah. Oh, that's a good idea. But and then I have a special drop. Then I have to travel with dimension. the wizard yeah. outfit. Well, yeah. Well, you, you don't have to commit once. to it for the rest of your career. I'm going through TSA. I'm like, oh, that's my phoenix feather wand. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I like, ru- don't ruffle my moon robes. <laughs> I like how in your fantasy you do it once, and now you're a slave to it for the rest of your <laughs> yeah. career. Oh, it just blew geez. up. <laughs> you know why? You know why? Because I fear it would be better than anything I write as myself, and I'd be like, oh, now I have to. Now I have to be more like. I think about that all the time. Like like Larry the Cable Guy. He was a good comic, apparently. Just doing his what? What's his real name? Dan Dan, Dan something. Dan Whip, Whitney or something. Dick Dan, Whitman. And he, and then <laughs> his character. Took, his character took off, 
and you know, what are you going to do? Not take twenty million dollars a year? Yeah, and then he was mm. like, and they, people really responded to it, and he got more traction than he did when he was just himself telling the jokes. And there's something very interesting in it, like a lot of, uh, like rap acts have alter egos, mm -hmm. right? Like Eminem yeah. does, and all these different people. And there is something kind of cool about that. Like, yeah. Chris it, Gaines it's and like Garth with, Brooks. It's just it's like almost that. like with, within Gaffigan's act, like he's playing two characters, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, he has that. There is something interesting to giving the audience a different side of you. Not to the extent no. of dressing up in a wizard robe, well, like, but right. there is some, you know what I mean? Well, there and it's also, it's also, I mean, I've always, I've always felt, um, I actually, uh, I just talked about this on um, Kelly Carlin, George's daughter, has a radio show on XM now. Oh, yeah. And and I did it, and we talked. We talked about comedy, and I said I always, I always wanted to be one of those weird like emo emo Phillips uh -huh. or like like someone who is a an exaggerated character yeah. on stage because I felt like it just it just gives you a better frame of reference to write from, you know, because uh -huh. it's it's just it's just more. Now, I'm not saying he's one dimensional, but you you know you just sort of pick a weird character and yeah. it's, and it's just easier to write from that point of view because you don't know who you are yet. Right. And it just gives you it just a little bit easier to to come from, but, but then then you're stuck in it. But then do, don't you think that at this point in your career you kind of know who you are comedically? Well, that's the thing. You start to I mean like you you figure that's you start to figure that stuff out as you get older. And then it becomes older. easier to write for yourself. Exactly. Right. But but I always you know I so wanted to be like a weird surreal <laughs> yeah because then you don't even really. You can get away with writing some jokes, but then if you just say weird things and people fill uh -huh. <laughs> fill in the blanks in their head and they're yeah. like, oh, he's so weird. I kind of feel like that way with Twitter. It's like I can tell such – I can be a lot more absurdist in my – because I do have that streak, but it doesn't transfer onto stage with me. But I feel like on Twitter I can put out some of the bizarre stuff that I always think about in my head as a joke but can't yeah. actually There's bring no up room, there. Yeah. You know? I'm uh, – not that people are laughing at it, but it gives me a place to do it. And I don't have to wait for the wizard robe to come around at baggage place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the most you can hope for in a, like a good Twitter joke is uh, someone looking at their phone going, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, and that's killing in Twitter. <laughs> to be in Iowa City, my wizard robe gets lost in, the, in, in transit. <laughs> you have to make one out of cardboard. I have a show in two hours. I need a wizard robe. Yeah. Where do I go? Where's the costume yeah. shop? Through that door, boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tap Some the stones. Follow me. Yeah. <laughs> to my house. <laughs> <laughs> to the basement. Yeah. Can Welcome. I interest you in any spells while you're here? <laughs> Welcome to Moronic Alley. <laughs> you have you have kids, Tom? I do. How many kids do you have? Two of them. How old they're are they now? Nine and twenty. Which one's your favorite? Oh, they're all the same. No. <laughs> I don't believe it. It depends. It depends on the week. That's, a, that's, that's <laughs> actually go. really mean of you to say they're all the same. So you're, they're just one unit. <laughs> they have no individuality. No, it really is like a race to the finish. It, it's ongoing. Like for Someone will get the crown and run with it for a couple months, and then... The other one comes back strong, and, and they, they take drop, off. Yeah. They drop the ball. How's it? How yeah. is it touring? I mean, like, did 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 having kids kind of slow down your schedule for a while, or is it just sort of like no. with, with your wife, where you're like, you know what you married into? Yeah, my, she was a comic also. She started as a comedian too, so she understood, and and uh, it never slowed down because of that. I know. I think it's kind of healthy. I don't think it's healthy to be in a house every night for the rest of your life together i really don't <laughs> yeah i know i think there's good 
breaks and everyone's get can be themselves and grow as individuals and I don't go for long periods of a time but I didn't even before kids I found the road very lonely I wouldn't uh I couldn't go like one week and then go directly to another club I always had to come home because I found it depressing I'd be like start out writing material and yeah. by the end of it I'd be writing poetry yeah. <laughs> I like know? it's like I like a lot of my friends are starting to go out like just be road guys regularly yeah. and they come back different they mm-hmm. come back to town and it's a, yeah. it's a little different hanging out with them because uh-huh. they're just kind of like let's uh, let's go to the bar again and right. it's just like this guy they're just kind of constantly needed to be moving or doing yeah. something and they're just like I'm back let's hang out yeah you know what did you do to sort of I mean because you you don't strike that's me a as good like Kyle Canaan. <laughs> let's go and get some wings. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Kyle yeah. Canaan. <laughs> that's a really good Kyle Canaan. <laughs> Uh, how did you sort of squash the? Because you don't strike me as like I'm a huge boozer. Like you seem like a pretty well-adjusted guy. He doesn't? So. That's weird. I got that from him. Really? <laughs> That's why he's happy all the time. You understand me? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you? You know, like when you're on the road, it's like, you know, it's Friday night, and you're in the middle of your comedy week. You still have you know three more shows to do, and you go yeah. you go back to your hotel, and you're just like empty and kind of sad. Like how, <laughs> how do you? What do you? What do you do? Um. I, I always found that the drinking the drinking part of it, and I do like to drink, but I found it so difficult to maintain any to be yourself and maintain energy. By the time you fly in, do radio and TV to promote the show that early first day that you're there, then go and do the two shows at night, and then wake up the next day and do another two hours. It's just for me, it was like adding anything on top of that would make it so difficult it was so hard just doing that straight and drinking a lot of water to feel good (laughs) enough to really do a good show so then if i would like be with a buddy and then we would drink and you go you go home at two three in the morning my whole next night sets were were messed up you know what i mean yeah so i never really did it and i got to the point where i just put so much energy into the shows that even one drink just to wind down i just want to go back and pass out I'm done. By the end of those two shows, I really, when I get in that hotel room, especially now having a family, when I get into that hotel room and the door closes and I'm by myself again, and you just sit there, I'm so happy. (laughs) Stillness. Really. So much energy goes into the shows. I don't understand the guys that have the energy to go rage and then I don't know. I I mean I, I've been sober so long now that I was never I was never drinking and on the road. Yeah. But I I What's probably w- would have died. What's your vice now? Like working. You have something. Yeah. yeah, working is kind of my vice. Weirdly, yeah. working is my vice uh-huh. that kind of keeps the chatter in my head down. And the yeah. um, boy, these goddamn star, these chai lattes at Starbucks. I know it sounds uh-huh. like like all right, come on, really, white people problems, but like. <laughs> It, every chai latte is like a fucking candy bar. It's just like what isn't a chai latte? It's just breast milk. It's it's, it's really like good. it's sugary it's really milk. Good. They squirt this sugar and milk. They squirt this chai syrup uh-huh. and then just steam milk around it, and it is <laughs> so delicious. Chai tea, isn't it? It is yeah. a tea, but but at Starbucks they you know they condense it down into a syrup, oh. and so you just get this like sugary pulp. Have and you the ever milk- tried like a Earl Grey latte? Yes, like, I have, and no? it's just not. 
not the same. It's yeah, just have there's. Have you ever tried a so chai tea latte? It's so comforting. Oh, I love it. Is it kind of great? Filled By the way, I breastfed yeah, until I was 17. Did I mention that? <laughs> yeah. That's oh, like a lot of caffeine in a chai latte. There's not as much as coffee. There was a ton. No, it's there. There is, but there's just not as much as coffee. Do you ever get them dirty? Do you ever get them with a shot of espresso? Oh, like right in the ass. Yeah. Just like Fleetwood Mac used to do, it just kind of gets it into your system faster. They just blow the chai into your ass. Chai latte shake. That's something that I get bummed out thinking exists. Oh, and I really? know where to get it, and I don't want to know because oh, as an adult, I can do it whenever I want. If I could only I have one warm beverage for the rest of my life, it would be a, a spiced chai tea latte from Nordstrom. Really? Oh, then, yeah, you love the ones at the Nordstrom. I feel like I feel like so good. I feel like I'm with like my friend's older brothers, like teaching me about weed for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or are you are you with your friend's older grandmothers who are talking about where to get good tea? You know, you can get a fucking great chai latte. My vice is tea (laughs) and quilting. Food is my thing, though. Like because you know, I I would I smoked pot for years. You? Oh yeah, like from end of high school to. Through off, like a couple years after college, and I smoked oh, a lot a of weird weed, time. and then, uh, you know, I never really drank that much because I always felt crummy the next day. I would just drink like a normal person. Yeah. Um, but I do have that mm, that thing like you want to can't just be. <laughs> you right, know yeah, I mean? yeah, you gotta disconnect. I find like food. I could really if I if I didn't have any TV gigs or anything, I would be really really fat. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, is that, so the t- if being you only on, had a TV show, yeah. being no, on camera and like in the vanity of oh, like looking completely. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only thing that ke- makes that's, me lose weight. That's the thing that keeps me from drinking like like tons of beer all the time. I was like, I was like, ah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, the vanity. The vanity of like, yeah, I don't want to. I was at the gym last night like crazy. Like I would lose twenty pounds before four o'clock today, and it didn't happen. And I look the same. Well, you shouldn't feel bad about yourself. No one could do that. Was, Unless uh, you cut off an arm, then I was that's doing a gadget on uh, Attack of the Show on G4, and I was just like, oh. they put me in this green tight sweater, and I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We always feel awful about ourselves. It's like anything with a waistband just makes it doesn't matter how skinny you are, you just feel cruddy. And then the, yeah, the guys yeah. in the booth were keying out the sweater and like doing fun <laughs> things with my torso. But you you came wearing a green sweater? No, no, that's what wardrobe put me in. Oh, 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 oh. and then he but came. But you know what? I was watching uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World the other day, which is the greatest comedy film of all time. And it's, you know, it's Buddy Hackett and it's Phil Silvers and all these classic guys, Jonathan Winters and the Three Stooges. And you look at all these guys. First of all, they were all over 40. Mm. And they all look like Over oddballs. 50? Over yeah. 50, yeah. And they, and they just like oddballs and funny faces and fat. And the reality is the weirder we look, the better it is. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I'm like eyeing down like a big thing of kettle chips, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. like, there's that story I think that Patton had on like his first or second record where he was at some like banquet oh. and no one's touching this, all this amazing food and cheese and he's just like, I don't know, I'm trying to lose weight, I can't really do this. And like, and then you just see Brian Dennehy like just like scarfing down food. Oh, really? He's like, he looks over at Patton. Also, he's all, ah, character actors, huh? We don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Yeah. If we're fat, no one cares. If we're That's fat. great. Yeah, yeah. There's there is that thing, and I, I brought it up too. I was with Seinfeld this weekend, and he's always in shape, and he's always working hard to stay in shape. And I told him my new Mad 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 World <laughs> theory. He got so pissed off. He texted me like two days later. He's like, "But it's better to feel good. Skinny guys are funny too." <laughs> uh, it's also like you know. He did. Go ahead. No, no. Galifianakis was even saying he's like, "Yeah, I became a superstar after I got fat." 
It's like he was just like it's You're like right. once he like gained a bunch yeah. of weight, everyone's like, put him in stuff. Yeah, then all of a sudden you can do something with him. What yeah. were you gonna say, Tom? I was gonna say when this weekend when I was with him, went back to the material thing and you know, consider the source and we all write about the same stuff. I have this joke in my act and he said uh it's it's about um I thought I was going to be like my father. I said, there's no real fathers anymore. There's no respect for fathers. I figured I would be like my dad. Like I'd be the king of the castle. I would make people and rule them. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me on the flight in, he said, I have this, I've been working on this joke that I took from an old joke of mine from the 70s. And it's about making people. And I, it's going to sound like I'm stepping on your joke. I don't want you to stop doing it. But I found the file of that joke. I found that... <laughs> Just to show you that it was backdated. <laughs> yeah, so he, he literally... He said, I literally brought the sheet. Because he saves all his jokes oh from the beginning. Like in, in those folders, those oh accordion my folders. God. Awesome. He saves them all alphabetically by subject. Oh, my God! Yeah. Like, you know, have you seen his website? Yeah, that's... His, it's an Jerry awesome Seinfeld. website. com is yeah. crazy. It's like every day... He went through all his material, all his TV shots. So you go on the site and it rotates three shots each day. Yeah, and you can, and he doesn't keep them on. Yeah, like you yeah, can't yeah. find them elsewhere. Yeah, so it's they rotate. They're there yeah, for that day and great. the next twenty four hours it changes. But when he was putting it together, he was able to go through all of his sets and stuff because he has everything cataloged from his TV sets to the material. So we went into this accordion folder and pulled out, and he still. It's I said to him, "This is kind of psychotic." He still writes on the same exact yellow legal pad that he writes on right now Whoa. and the handwriting is similar i mean it's all like so anyway he pulls the sheet out and we're on the road we're backstage and he says oh here's the joke and it said you know something it was similar it was like something about you talk to dads you talk to fathers and they're like we make people and it's like you can't how do you talk to a guy like that or something like that <laughs> and uh but he literally had the joke from the 70s intact wow. on that sheet that's like that's wow. like uh that's like the guy who has the wand shop in Harry Potter, where it's like, <laughs> oh, yes, I remember this thing from a hundred years ago, and he goes right to the file and pulls <laughs> right, it out. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, he knew exactly where that joke was in his, in his lifespan and yeah. where it would be located. That's fucking incredible. It's like, it uh, is incredible. It's like when I, Rob reorganizes his record collection, High Fidelity, autobiographically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if I want to remember rumors, yeah. I got to yeah. know that I bought yeah. it for a girl and then didn't give it to yeah. her for personal sure. reasons. Right. In yeah. the June 1983 <laughs> pile. Yeah. Is it a, what do you say to Jerry? Maybe you don't have to answer this, but what do you say to Jerry Seinfeld? If you get off stage, you guys are hanging out after the show, and he goes, hey, uh, Tom, I, you know, I got this uh, tag for you there after that one joke, and you're okay, Jerry, hit me with it. And he tells it to you, and inside you go, "Oh, that's not good." Uh -huh. Like, uh, like, uh, but but you don't want to offend him. But so, do you do it or here's do you not how, do it? Here's here's how I handle it because it's a very good question because it's happened happens a lot, <laughs> and he's told he's. I try the short answer is I try it at least once. Yep. Because he can sometimes see things that you don't see, but he's also not flawless so there's sometimes when it doesn't work but he took he literally changed in the first time i ever worked with him on the road he changed something i said what it was something about talking during sex and oh it was uh what what do i have to say my wife wants me to talk during sex uh what am i going to say and he changed it to what do i have to say and i was like what he's like change it for, to have rather than and I was like, that's dumb, but all right, Seinfeld's <laughs> telling me something. So I went up and I did it, and the laugh bumped up probably 30%. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this guy. So he'll throw me lines, and I'll try them at least once, even if I don't 
see it. Most of the time, if I instinctually don't think it's going to work, it won't work. But sometimes it still does. You know, hmm. you got to try it. He's like, it's like, you know, you don't turn down Bill Cosby. You, you, you try the joke. He probably knows what he's talking about. We had this one night when we were, a flight got derailed. and uh, oh my, Well, that was the problem is you're, they were trying to run a tr- plane on the tracks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where a train should be. Oh, well, he's, he, we're showbiz folk. We don't understand how these <laughs> things work. <laughs> so we were stuck someplace and we were just up at night and he said, I had this joke and he's like, let's work on that joke of yours. And he took out a pen and paper and we started writing it and we're like going back and forth and we're laughing and it's like, oh man, we really nailed it. It was like an hour of working on this joke and writing and he's writing out and he hands it to me and then, and we're so into it, but it was one of those times when you think it's so funny in the room and then you try it and it just didn't go. Yep. I was like, oh, I thought I had like a classic bit wow. hand, hand delivered by Jerry and then it never went anywhere. And what, did he think, did he understand why it didn't go or was he like, he didn't do it like we... I think quietly he was just disappointed like, I think he thought, like, you really didn't try it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what's really fun on the other side of it is giving him a line that works and having that get into the act and it becomes like this big part of his act. That's such a gratifying thing. Like, if you've ever written for somebody, it's such an exciting thing. Yeah. The first time I ever wrote, sent in a joke to Weekend Update and saw Colin Quinn do it, I was like in Florida, my first one of my first road gigs, and I saw him say my words to television land i was like wow (laughs) and that feeling never really goes away so like when if i give jerry a line and it ends up in his act i'm still very excited every time how long how long were you hanging out until you the first time you gave him a tag or a joke or anything like that um pretty quickly yeah 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 yeah, pretty quickly because you know you just hear things you're like yeah yeah. just kind of throw them out that's a guy who loves comedy like a guy who would sit down with his opening act and go let's work that bit out that's a guy who just needs to communicate in the language of comedy it no it does not stop back to like feeling bad like about rob zombie's work ethic it's the same thing with jerry it's like i'm not thinking about comedy and as much as i should be like he doesn't turn his comedy head off you know like yeah. i'll be like i'm not going to think about comedy today i'm just going to have fun he's <laughs> not shut off there's nothing in his brain that's like no we we would get on flights and start working on jokes we'd wake up and start talking about comedy he never it's wow. it's, it's really pretty great i mean that really is probably other than just work really hard is the pride in being a comic is what he gave me because he sees comedy as the most creative force in show business whether it's respected as much as a movie or any of that he just sees it as complete daring and complete artistry for guys that can do it and go out and make it work and has such respect and holds it in so much higher regard than actors or musicians or anything and he makes you feel so great about being a comic like anytime i start feeling bad about my self or what have been on the road or whatever and i just have a conversation with him it's like going to therapy or going to a chiropractor you come out of that session like all right i'm doing the right thing i'm in the right business wow that's great yeah it's amazing i wish i had a seinfeld to hang out with it's pretty great you do <laughs> he's under your chair Seinfeld app. It is it is a great thing. I mean, no joke, because you know, you get in your own head and you just things 
get kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's almost dangerous to spend too much time with yourself. Because mm-hmm. there's no, <laughs> you yeah. cannot properly balance you. No. And so you start thinking in weird circles, and then you're like, yeah, you're right, brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Should have a castle. Yeah. Everyone's fucking me. Yeah. I read this thing that uh, I think it was Deepak. How do you say it? Deepak, Deepak Chopra. Chopra. Deepak Shakur? Yeah. One of his books. Mm. He said, all you have to do is realize that your brain is just like a computer and it's constantly evaluating and doing all this stuff. And all you have to do is when you is be conscious of what, that your brain is up to its tricks again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those days when you're just like, oh, man, this sucks. And like, no one's hiring me. And I, mm-hmm. why aren't I on that show? And that other guy got that thing. Mm-hmm. And just if you can just. This is what I do. Hey, Mm. look at what my brain's doing. It's going off again. It kind of calms everything down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's times where you start, you work yourself up, and then you just got to stop and go, oh, fuck yourself, brain. (laughs) Don't do that to me. I was in a good mood. (laughs) You crazy rascal. Yeah, you crazy. (laughs) Why are you trying to destroy me? (laughs) Leave me alone, brain. (laughs) Well, Tom Papa, we're at the end of our hour. Wow. What do you, do you have anything you want to promote or have people look at? Yeah, I want people to go on iTunes and download Tom Papa Live in New York City. Please download Tom Papa Live in New New York City. Thank you. Just pounding all the way through. It's great. Thank you very much. It's my proudest work. And you're at Tom Papa on Twitter? Yes. You can follow me on Twitter. P-A-P-A? P-A-P-A. Is that short for like, well, when the relatives came over from our, it was Papakowski. It's from Italy. It's from Sicily. Papa. It means Pope. It means the Pope. Tom Pope. A lot of Greek fans think I'm Greek, and it was shortened, like Papadopoulos or mm-hmm. Papa Kanakanak. And uh, <laughs> I once had a guy, a driver a Greek in Florida, Canadian. a Greek guy, was holding my name. He was the driver, and he's holding up Papa. And the, he says, you're Greek, you're Greek. And I said, no, it's Italian. He goes, no, 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 you're Greek. <laughs> and we get in my car, and he's driving away, and I... And he's like, so uh, you are Greek. I said, no, I'm telling you, it's from Italy. It means the Pope. He goes, I know, but you are Greek. And he said, where in Italy? I said, Sicily. He said, ah, we had it first. You are Greek. <laughs> <laughs> he made it work for himself. Right. It's like, well, we go all the way back. We're all the same. You are Greek. I am <laughs> actually you're Pangean. From Yes, yes, I knew it. Ah. You're, all, you're Pangean, I can see. Well, <laughs> how long have you been doing this? What? Podcast. The podcast? Yeah. This Sunday will be two years. Two years. Two well, years. Technically, wow. February 7th is two years. Congratulations. Yeah, but I don't, you know, someone said. I go by the Super Bowl. So I go by the Super Bowl, too. I think the Super right. Bowl is a fun. I know, yeah, someone was like, Super Bowl's not an anniversary. And I go, yeah, I know, but it's more fun for me to have the date, the birthday be the su- yeah, Super Bowl Sunday than the actual fucking date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Because I couldn't well, give a sorry, shit about the okay. Super Bowl. I thought it was April, <laughs> if I was the 7th. I don't. That's all right. There, I just don't. Anyway, to answer your question, roughly two years. (laughs) Well, it's great. It's really, it's this is really a good thing. It's been fun. Yeah, really, it's still fun. I mean, tell that Seinfeld guy of yours. Yeah, Chris needs to borrow him. I just want to. Can I borrow your Jerry? Can I borrow (laughs) a cup of Jerry? Here's what I will do. I'll borrow a cup of Jerry. Anytime you have a question and you want me to bring it to the mountain, I will bring it (laughs) and I will come back to you with the answer. Is the answer? Can we get Jerry on the podcast? <laughs> the answer is no. no. Probably not. No. Well, it's but, nice having you. See you later. <laughs> but um, he called me today to tell me uh, he had some. He had he had a message for uh, for uh, two comedians, and that he doesn't have contact with it. He saw it and thought we were really funny. He's like, but tell him this. 
<laughs> I was like, all right. So you're Mercury now. Yeah. You're a messenger of the gods. Yeah, I guess so. That's great. <laughs> but this is great. It was thanks for bringing me in. There's so this came because you when you called me about our sperm joke. Yes. And I was like, I'd love to do your show and you said call me and I said called you and you said And it all worked out. Guys, it totally worked out. Be here. America. Um, that's what America. Great. Special. That's why yeah. we're number one. Hey. We, we get stuff done. Yep. We're number one Always. in everything but free press. Now we've dropped to number twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's kind of a <laughs> economy's not that great. Well America. Enjoy your burrito, everybody. Especially America. Enjoy your American. Enjoy your American burrito. Sounds like a sex act now. Refried beans and cheddar cheese. (laughs) American burritos when you poop in the vagina. Mm. Oh. Filled with freedom. Ah, you probably don't Filled want to with freedom. Freedom, <laughs> freedom to poop where I feel like. <laughs> wow, we managed to stay so highbrow for so much of the episode, and then right at the end, er, kablam! Smash-o. My fault. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for your vagina poop bit, you really should say... You never lead with the vagina bit. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. In 2001, less than a month after the 9-11 attacks, the U.S. and Allied forces invaded Afghanistan. The goal was simple, hunt down al-Qaeda and its leader, Osama bin Laden, and unseat the Taliban government that sheltered him. But even though the Taliban was quickly removed, negotiating an end to the war turned out to be a much bigger challenge. Despite some of the world's best negotiators working tirelessly for peace, all sides were never able to come to a negotiated agreement. And in 2021, 20 years after being ousted from power, the Taliban took back control of Afghanistan. So why did some of the world's smartest and most experienced negotiators fail for 20 years to mediate a peace deal in Afghanistan? The Afghan Impasse, a special seven-episode edition of The Negotiators, a podcast from Doha Debates and Foreign Policy, looks back on the players, politics, and strategies that contributed to one of the biggest failures in modern peace negotiations. You can listen to The Negotiators, The Afghan Impasse, exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.